Hello, and welcome to the One Church podcast. This message was recorded for our online service. We're not meeting at our church buildings at the moment, so tune in live this Sunday for our next online service by going to weareone.church or finding us on Facebook. Hey church, we're starting a brand new series today. It's called Home, because his home is where your heart is. This series has been written especially for this new season that we are in, where so much has been changing. Most of our focus and attention has been on how we change church from existing around this building that I'm recording this from for you today, and moving that into other spaces, especially online. So our, our Monday night prayer is happening on Zoom, youth is happening on Instagram, kids is happening on Facebook, uh, grow groups are happening on WhatsApp, and so much is changing into these new places where our homes are becoming the new churches. And Christianity has a rich history of homes being the churches. In fact, as we read through scripture, we can see all the way through that in so many occasions, the most extraordinary encounters, the most spectacular miracles and moments happen, less so in the public spaces and public gathering places, and more so in homes, which means in homes just like yours. His home is where your heart is. Your home is not too ordinary. You are not underqualified for you and your home to be an outstanding place where the presence of God is encountered and his presence fills all the way through scripture and even today because his home is where your heart is and that's what I want to encourage you with today. I want to tell you a quick story. This is uh, happened a little while ago. Uh, while, do you remember when kids still went to school? Do you remember when you took them out to another place where other people educated them and entertained them and even fed them and looked after them for like six hours a day? Do you want to just take a moment to remember those hazy days? Uh, well, it was one of those days where uh, Cole was at school earlier early this year. Louise had gone out to pick him up. Um, I'm in the house and, and uh, see Cole come through the back gate, parks his scooter in the playhouse, comes through the conservatory, takes his shoes off, puts his shoes in his, in his shoe box, uh, toddles back through. I say, hi, Cole. He's like, hi, Dad. Did you have a good day at school today? Yeah. Well, anything good happen? Can't remember. Brilliant. Uh, he toddles through, walks through into the living room, puts his feet up, hit, turns the TV on and starts chilling. Now in that same moment, I get a phone call, my phone is Louise, Louise is ringing me, and Louise is panicked, Louise is the opposite of Cole. Cole, right now, is chilled on the sofa, Louise is panicked, and somewhere in between Cole's school and our home. And she's going like, is Cole there? Is Cole with you? I've lost Cole, I've lost Cole. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he just came in like 30 seconds ago, he's put his shoes away, he's parked his scooter, now he's, now he's watching TV. And, she, and uh, Louise was panicking because as soon as they got out of school, he just went. He scooted, meant he crossed quite a busy road, found his way all the way home and just treated it like any normal, any normal day. But then of course that he has, because he's lived in that house since he was nine months old. It's the only house he remembers. And that route to and from school, he does five times a day. Our home is a place of his security. Our home is a place that he knows really well. He knows how to get there. He knows how to go from there. 
And, I, and then there's a part of me, obviously, we had to tell him about the dangers of crossing roads on his own and why it's important to stay within our sight. But there's a part of me that was like, well, yeah, that's what we want our home to be for him. We want this familiarity for him. We want him to feel safe and secure and for this to be a place where he can, uh, where he can flourish. I want to provide that for my kids. And we all do, don't we? We all want to provide that for our families, a roof over their head or a place that can be their own. Maybe someday a, a place that can be part of their inheritance. And we want to create that for our family. And what's really interesting is in the Bible that the attitude still existed. The attitude of providing for family existed, but then that moved into an attitude to provide that same home, that same sense of security, not just for people, but for God. Read about this in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Uh, And 2 Samuel chapter 7 tells us a story of David. David is now the king of his people. David's the same David that knocked over Goliath. He's now leading his people, sat in his wonderful palace, gazing out of the window across the city of Jerusalem. And just outside the city walls, he sees a tent. No ordinary tent. This tent had a name. It was called the tabernacle, just an ancient word for tent. And this tabernacle, this tent, was, it was something that had been among the people for hundreds of years. They followed this. This tent went wherever they went. And this tent was particularly precious to them because the tent, this tabernacle, represented where heaven met earth. It was a place where God met with his people. It was where the very presence of God could, almost, could be felt, almost touched. And you definitely experience God in this place and this previously nomadic people that have now settled in this land. When, wherever they moved, the tent moved with them. And David's looking out of his palace window in 2 Samuel chapter 7. And he looks out and he thinks, God... God, God who, who am I to live in a palace when you are living in a tent? He says, I know what I'm going to do. I am going to build you a temple. I'm going to build you a home, a house. I'm going to build you a place where you can live. And what's really fascinating is the reply that God brings back to David through his prophet Nathan. He says this, he says, are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. So David looks at this tent and thinks, what I need to do is make a place for you, a permanent building for you. And God's reply was, who are you to build me that? Who's telling you that I need that? When have I ever needed a temple. I've, I've tabernacled with you. I've been with you. Wherever you go, I go. By his grace, this temp- when this temple does get built, David plans it. His son Solomon becomes king and finishes the building. By his grace, even though it seems that this temple isn't part of his plan, by his grace, he still fills that temple. And by his grace, he fills buildings and places of worship all over the world. He, by his grace, his presence fills this church when we, get, when we gather. Totally believe that. But he wanted us to know that God was most at home with the homeless. He was most at home when that tent moved from place to place and from town to town. Wherever they settled, that tent went with them and God's presence was with them too. God is most at home with the homeless. 
in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, who is writing to some new Christians, people that are just learning what it means to be followers of Christ in this new day, just after, not long after Christ's resurrection and ascension. And uh, he writes this to these group of people in a place called Ephesus, in this letter to encourage them towards the end. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. His prayer is that this group of people that were coming out of this uh, history of God being in the temple and every, and but we live everywhere else to say there's a new place where God resides. It's not the temple, but he prays that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This is a group of people that, have found, that had found a new form of faith. Does this sound familiar? For so many of us that have been so dependent on coming to the church building, the place that has been part of our uh, daily or weekly or monthly calendar, our way of life was ha- featured a church building in it in some way, shape or form for so many of us. Uh, and, and now we, are being, we have experienced a new form of faith that requires the church building to be out of use. For, uh, but we're finding new ways, aren't we? We're finding that our homes are becoming the new churches. We're finding new ways to engage with one another, to minister to one another, to be the church for one another. And this group of people that Paul was writing to are experiencing the same thing. This new form of faith to live by. And they they met in public spaces still, but they met often in their homes. God was no longer in the box, but God was definitely at home. He may no longer be in the temple, but he was still at home. See, God has no fixed abode. When your children or when my kids ask, where where is God? Where does God live? We often say heaven as an easy answer to that. But we've... I'm not sure we've, that fully does it justice. God isn't in heaven. God is with us. He has no fixed abode, but has many homes. His home is where your heart is. And right now there's many hearts watching this. I want to remind you that by faith, he dwells in your heart. He has no fixed abode, but many homes because your heart is his home. Same writer goes on to say this. He says uh, in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Don't you know? (laughs) It's like trying to re-emphasize the point. Don't you know? It's you now. You are the place where God's presence exists. You are the new temple. You are the new priests. You are the ones to minister to one another. You are where God's presence is touched and felt and experienced. You are where God wants to fully outwork his miraculous plan and purpose among you. You are where he wants to see miracles. You are where he, where he wants to place his purpose to see good things come about wherever you are, whatever the season, whatever the size of lockdown or pandemic, and wherever we choose to make our home where our heart is, that's where he chooses to make his home. And we've been so used to putting people into temples when all this time he has been putting his temples into people just like you. Don't count yourself out. You are a place that God is building his temple where his presence can be known. You, in your heart, everybody, for anyone. The way of Christ is the path 
that leads away from temple dependency and towards oneness with God and his power. Jesus declared himself was like the temple. He says, don't you know this temple will be destroyed and rebuilt in three days? They thought he was talking about the building behind him. He was talking about himself. He, trans- he helps us make this transition away from temple dependency, but towards a oneness with God in our lives with his power. When God's presence fills his home, and I'm believing this is what it looks like when God's presence not just fills our lives, our hearts, but where we are, our homes, where we are in our homes, God's presence is filling our homes today. And when he does, we can expect homes where miracles can happen. These are the things we're going to look at in this series. Some of the homes that are talked about in scripture. Homes where miracles happen. Homes that are full of prayer. Homes full of worship. Homes full of faith. Homes that speak of salvation. And homes that are building something incredible for the future. And if you are willing to open your heart to be a place where God makes his home, then where we find ourselves today has everything we need to be extraordinary. And imagine if we all did that, the stories that would be told from our homes, even in a lockdown or a pandemic. One day, we'll all be back here at church, I hope. I look forward to that. I hope you are beginning to think about why you are missing this so that it creates a hunger and a longing for this. Um, One day we will be back here with this and we'll be gathering for services and and it won't just be it won't be because this is the one day a week that we get to encounter the presence of God in his temple. It will be the moment where all the priests and all the temples are gathering together to be a place where like a symposium of power, a gathering of all of the people that have been experiencing the power of God in their life, ready to minister to one another and be the church together. Let me finish by reading Ephesians 3, verse 16 to 20. I read a couple of verses earlier, but it works as a great benediction, a great uh, rallying finish to this message. It says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.